And so it begins again. Football is back. Fans are back in stadiums. There's plenty to be optimistic about as we look ahead to the new Premier League season. Although, if you're a Norwich fan, I won't mention too loudly the opposition tomorrow because uh, obviously Norwich don't have a particularly great record against Liverpool and some of their players are, are slightly scary. But hopefully, uh, Danny Danny Moxon, who, who joins us, is a Liverpool fan, founder of the Coppite as well, will be able to maybe give us some reasons to be cheerful um, from a Norwich perspective. And we're also joined by Norwich City fan, Paul Usher. Paul, we'll, we'll start with you then. Um, in terms of the season, I think we, we have to start with fans, don't we? And, and their return to stadiums. Uh, first and foremost, are you going to be at Carrow Road tomorrow? And second, if so, how excited are you to be back after what has been such a long absence? Uh, you just asked me that question, Connor. It's just made the hair stand up on my arms. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm just so excited about it. Yeah, of course, I'll be there tomorrow. I'm in Lower Barclay. Um and it's all—it's all about, yeah. Obviously, the match, but the, the the day as well, isn't it? Meeting up with your friends, having a beer beforehand in the pubs, and uh, you know, going to the match, and and yeah, just I think that moment walking through the, the through the turnstiles into the ground is, yeah, it's going to be quite emotional actually. The return of fans is just—I think this period of time has, has shown us how essential fans being in the stadium are to to watching football and and the atmosphere. And yeah, I'm just I'm buzzing for it. I'm absolutely. So excited to, to go and see the match tomorrow, no matter what the score is. Liverpool probably beat us 5-0, but I don't care. I'm just looking forward to the day. It, it does feel like kind of whatever happens, people are going to... And, and look, the, the game could completely spoil what I'm about to say, but it does feel like people are going to walk out with a smile on their face regardless, because that return yeah. to football, that uh, the, the noise, the first on the ball city is, is going to be magnificent, isn't it? It's... Um, it does make you feel slightly, um, I think you summed it up perfectly there, emotional. In terms of mm. sort of that return, does it get better than this back in the Premier League playing Liverpool? Like I said, the, the odds are stacked against Norwich City, but for all the reasons you've kind of documented, perhaps away from the football, the focus mm. is going to be on the fans, isn't it? Maybe then more so on the pitch, obviously the game's on TV. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, it's just going to be an, an amazing moment, like you say, the fans returning. Um, the Barclay Four. I don't know whether um, there's plans to have all the flags like we had a couple of seasons ago. But it's like we've never been away, isn't it? We're, we're back in the Premier League. The last time I think was Leicester at home in February 20. Um, I was at that game, never thinking I would be back for 18 months. Um, so it's quite an incredible moment, really. Like you say, you know, a lot of attention is going to be on the fans, the full crowd at Carrow Road, full capacity stadium. It's great that away fans are there as well. That that makes a game, you know. You know that's essential for an atmosphere as well. So it's great Liverpool fans will be there, and yeah, I think no matter what happens on the pitch, it's going to be all about the day. Um, it's going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Danny, I'll, I'll throw it across to you then because I've, I've seen footage of a few pre-season friendlies. Um, one of which I think was Anfield, where it looks relatively full. I don't know in terms of capacity how full it was, but Liverpool fans, as as Paul kind of said, there are going to travel to Carrow Road. There's going to be probably a few thousand of them in that corner. Um, how excited do you, do you get the sense that they are to to return to an away stadium and to watch their team in the flash? Yeah, well, it's massive, of course it is. Um, as everything that Paul just said there, I mean, just the, the occasion of having fans back in the stadiums, it's, it's almost bigger than the match itself for the first one when you're going back. And um, to be honest, it's probably a good job that Liverpool are away for the opening day because the, those couple of friendlies at Anfield have been trialling a new um, entry system into the ground and kickoffs have been delayed for both games because of people queuing outside the turnstile. So it's probably a good job we're away from the, for the first game so that they can get that sorted out. But... Um, 
But no, um, everything that you've already said there, I mean, it's it doesn't really, well, obviously it doesn't matter what the result's going to be, but regardless of the results, whether, as you say, Liverpool romp home or Norwich City spring a surprise, it's, it's everyone's going to walk out of there just, oh, we've, we've experienced the match day again for the first time in, in, as you say, 18 months. And it's just been a long, long time coming and I think everyone's excited. Yeah, I'm saying this before a VAR incident completely steals headlines <laughs> and we all get completely frustrated again. But, uh, you know, it, it does it does feel like the occasion is is probably grander than the football. And there's not many football matches you can you can say that about. Um, Dan, I'll, I'll come back to you. In, in terms of Liverpool and, and where they're at and how they're viewing this fixture, they have a very good record against Norwich. Uh, I didn't want to use his name this early on because, you know, the Norwich fans watching may be scared off. But Luis Suarez is, is <laughs> he's enjoyed this fixture. There you go. I think Paul sums it up quite nicely. So heading into this season and heading into this fixture more specifically with Norwich, where is the kind of Liverpool mood at? Because we've seen Manchester United make a, a, a couple of decent signings. We've seen Manchester City obviously pay £100 million for, for Jack Grealish. Is there frustration in, in Liverpool camp? I know they've obviously brought in Kanate from, from Leipzig, but is there a bit of frustration sort of looking elsewhere, maybe not looking at the squad and thinking it's been sort of strengthened significantly? Um, maybe among certain sections, possibly. Um, certainly on social media, there, there is a lot of noise, you know, looking around, as you say, that rivals are spending so much money and strengthening their squad. Only yesterday, Chelsea added Lukaku in another, I think that was £97 million, was it? So another nearly £100 million transfer. So to see, yeah, City, United, Chelsea splashing the cash and Liverpool, as you say, we have signed Canate, £37 million. Um, he's looked very, very good in pre-season so far, so that's definitely a bonus. And <laughs> if last season proved one thing, Liverpool were desperately in need of a new centre-back this summer. So I'm glad that that's been addressed. We're all very, very relieved that's been addressed. Um, but there, there is a little sense of frustration, but at the same time, I think most of us recognise that Liverpool have never really been that club to, you know, go, right, We've got three hundred million pounds this summer. Let's just go and blow it on everyone and their mother. It's it, we, we've never really been that sort of club, especially under the new ownership. It has always been a little bit of a sell to buy arrangement, and that does frustrate some fans because obviously Liverpool they are wanting to compete with those top teams, and it really, really is hard to when, as you say, they're, they're throwing about stupid amounts of money on players. And Liverpool just aren't capable and aren't willing to do that. So it's going to be difficult to compete, but. I mean, you look at the squad that we have now and, and it's still largely the same squad that won the Premier League two years ago with a couple of changes. Um, still largely the same squad that won the Champions League three years ago as well. So, um, um, yeah, it's it's going to be difficult to compete, but I think Liverpool fans are still, by and large, pretty optimistic about the season. Paul, I'll throw across a, a similar question to you. Obviously, in terms of spend, we're talking a, a lot more relative, but Norwich City have spent money. We've, we've seen them do that this week. Obviously, Josh Sargent and, and Christoph Scholles, which is apparently the official club pronunciation, although I think that's still TBC. Um, so we'll wait for the man himself to con confirm it, but I'll go with Scholles for now. Um, is there excitement as an Norwich City fan about this season coming up? Is there still a bit of trepidation? Obviously, we all know what happened two years ago. Where do you kind of feel Norwich City are at the moment? Yeah, it's probably a, probably a mixture of excitement and trepidation. I think the fear is always that what happened two years ago happens again. Um, but I think we're much better equipped this time. You look at our defensive record in the Championship last season with Ben Gibson coming in and, and Janoulis as well, really shored up that defence. I think we only conceded 36 or 37 in the league. Um, so I think we're a lot better equipped defensively. I think the area that I'm a bit concerned about is that defence midfield position. Um, obviously, Ollie Skip was outstanding there last season. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so do we need a replacement 
for him in there. Will he come back perhaps on lane, which would be great. Um, I think looking forward, obviously we lost Emmy, we lost Buendia, which was which is really sad. You know, he was an absolute magician for us, wasn't he? One of our best players I've ever seen play for Norwich, I think. But you know, our recruitment's been good. I think Scholis, if that if I've pronounced that right, um, looks like a really good prospect. Whether he'll hit the ground running straight away or not is a, is another matter. I think Sargent looks like a good backup for Puki, which he may prove to be. He could play out on the wing as well. And obviously Rashitska, which, you know, was, seems ages ago that we signed him now, doesn't it? But um, I think he's a good prospect. So I think we've kind of replaced Emmy's talent with those three players. Um, so for me, yeah, it's excitement looking ahead to the new season because we've got these new signings. We have spent a bit of money. You know, we've spent, I think it's over 50 million if you include Janoulis and Gibson in that as well, uh, which is a lot of money for Norwich City, a lot of money. Um so we are excited to see those new signings. I think we just got a couple of areas we need to shore up on. But yeah, it's excitement ahead of the new season. I think we're better equipped than last time, certainly. How important is, is patience going to be this season, particularly in, in the early start? I mean, look at the first four games, Liverpool, Manchester City, Leicester, Arsenal. I mean, welcome back to the Premier League, Norwich City. That's <laughs> that's kind of a case of that, isn't it? Daniel Farker's obviously already spoken about it, maybe being a, a little bit bumpy. Uh, obviously, we, we had all the, the corona, well, we had the coronavirus outbreak in pre-season that has left that yeah. feeling very disjointed. So as a Norwich fan, uh, Norwich fans more generally, how important is patience going to be, particularly sort of in the in the opening weeks of the season, maybe sort of August, uh, I'm, I'm really looking at there. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think the fixture computer didn't um, treat us very kindly, did it, with our first few games? But in a sense, you know, we're playing, as you say, we're playing Liverpool, Man City, Leicester, Leicester before the transfer window closes. In a sense, perhaps that's not a bad thing to be playing some of the top teams and not facing the teams that will be in and amongst us down the bottom, probably. Um, so I think that's that's not a bad thing because we may catch those teams a little bit cold, perhaps. Um, a lot of those teams have had players away in international duty and face similar problems to us pre-season. Um, but I think we do need to be patient. I think we need to be patient towards the end of the transfer window when perhaps that defensive midfielder, that centre-back that we all want will perhaps be signed. Um, you know, we could go into September with with three defeats. You know, that that is a possible outcome. Um, I think we might nick a point or, or three somewhere along the line. Um, but yeah, we need to be patient and we need to be looking at those teams around us when we play them to be getting those points off those teams that will be in, in and amongst us, probably in that bottom half of the table. Yeah, it, look, it does look like a kind of a favourable run running into autumn, doesn't it, that Norwich City have? And, and like you said there, there probably is an argument somewhere about this maybe being a, a good time to play these teams. Manchester City don't have Harry Kane yet, for example. That, <laughs> that, that, may, be, uh, that may be a positive because I think that's a fairly scary prospect if that is a deal that gets done. Um, Danny, I'll, I'll kind of throw that over from your perspective then. I'll ask this from kind of a Norwich City view. Is is this is this a good time to play Liverpool? We've seen obviously Andy Robertson out injured. Virgil Van Dijk is is slowly kind of stepping up his his recovery. Is there a case to be made that actually, if you're going to play Liverpool at any time, it's the opening day of the season? Um, quite possibly. Um, to be honest, the last few preseason games, especially Liverpool, have looked a lot sharper, and I think we do look ready to start the new season. Um, and I would certainly still be confident of a Liverpool win. That said. Um, I personally never like playing a newly promoted team on the first day because you always know one of them is going to spring a shock and you never, ever want that to be against you. So, and I obviously I remember um, two seasons ago, the last time Norwich City were in the Premier League. Yes, it was a, a, a comfortable win on paper for Liverpool, but the actual performance itself, I remember everyone, including myself, looked at that performance and went, if Norwich City do this whole season, they'll be absolutely fine. Obviously, that didn't turn out to be the case, but... 
if if things sort of went ever so slightly differently, that could have been a very, very different result on the day. I remember Norris City played really, really well and impressed a lot of people. So all it takes is for the same thing to happen again, but maybe get a little bit more look in front of goal for Norwich or something like that. And uh, yeah, it could be a tricky opening, a tricky opening game. Yeah, two two teams with with different ambitions. That's that's fair to say this season. What what do Liverpool need to do differently to what they did last season? Was there enough mitigation with Van Dijk with sort of the the sheer amount of games that this this squad had played across a three year period? I mean, you mentioned the Champions League win. A lot of that squad was pretty much the same. Uh, well, a lot of the starting eleven was pretty much the same as as the one that subsequently went on to to win the Premier League. They've made we spoke about additions. They've made small but decent additions in kind of positions that are needed. So what what will be the difference this season for Liverpool to compete for the, the title again and get perhaps a little bit closer to Manchester City, for, for example? Uh, well, with, with any luck, we'll have some senior centre-backs to play with. That'd be nice. Um, <laughs> make a nice change compared to last season. Um, to be honest, as, as you say, the, it is largely the same squad and, and there is a little bit of a worry that they've sort of been running to the ground a little bit because obviously the style of play that we play with Jurgen Klopp is very intense. There's a lot of pressing involved there. And I mean, it just speaks to the, the superhuman endurance of some of the players that we have, the fact that they're able to you know, still walk, never mind run, um, after the, the, the few seasons that they've had. But um, as you said, we, we've added sort of shrewdly and, and, and very sort of in, in drips and drops here and there over the last few windows. Obviously, as we've said, Kanata is the only new addition so far this summer. Um, I still feel like we need one or two names in, especially considering Shakiri looks like he's on the verge of leaving. Um, there's a lot of talk about possibly Divock Origi leaving there, and that's two attacking options that we're going to have less. Um, we're going to be losing Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah for potentially up to a month for the African Cup of Nations partway through the season. Um, so the lack of attacking options is really quite worrying. Um, so I feel like there does still need to be additions, otherwise I am a little bit worried that Liverpool might burn out at some point. Um, but in, t- in terms of uh, first 11, if, if you could play the first 11, 38 games a season for the Premier League, I would be confident that Liverpool could compete with the best of them and possibly win the title. It's the squad depth that worries me slightly, and I know that it worries a lot of other people as well. And, and I think that's Liverpool's biggest concern so far going into the season. I think a, a player that Norwich City fans saw a bit of last season in the Championship, Harvey Elliott, uh, I remember a very good goal he scored against Norwich um, at, at Ewood Park. Um, where Where is his kind of position in this Liverpool team? He's obviously not gone out on loan. Is he a player that, I mean, you mentioned the squad depth there. Is he someone that is ready now to step into one of those wide roles and make a, a significant contribution for Liverpool? Or, or would you expect him to still move out on loan before sort of the window closes? No, I, I think he's ready, and I think from the noises that Jurgen Klopp's been making about Harvey Elliott whenever he's been asked about him, I, th- I think he he believes the same. I think he's going to be in and around the squad, um, as mentioned when when Salah and Mane are missing, possibly at the same time um, early next year. That might be an opportunity where Elliott comes in, has a bit of a run of games, and and maybe has a go. Well, it's going to be a hard task dislodging one of that front three from a regular spot, isn't it? But um, but you never know. All he has to do is is have a good run of games and. He's clearly got the talent. Everyone's seen it. He's, he's a remarkable young lad. Um, really, really exciting prospect for Liverpool. Uh, we've got quite a few, but Elliot, Elliot really is the one that we, we, we're hoping for big things from. Yeah, he looked terrific against uh, against Norwich on, on that catch. I think he actually came off on uh, came on off the bench and kind of swinged the momentum in, in Blackburn's favour before Norwich yeah, got, a, got a crucial, I think it was a third goal, but I'm, I'm kind of uh, speaking from memory here. All the games from last season seem to merge into one, to be completely honest. Um, Paul, I'll, I'll come to you. There's been a lot of, of chatter on, on social media, probably elsewhere as well, about 
maybe what system Norwich City are going to play going into the season. We've seen Daniel uh, Daniel Farker go with a, a free in pre-season. We've seen him go with a 4-3-3. Free, free. How, how do you think you'll kind of approach this game against Liverpool and how much of it will probably hinge on, obviously we're recording this before the press conference, on, on the fitness of Grant Hanley and, and maybe those affected by coronavirus who haven't had an awful lot of minutes in pre-season uh, and how ready they are to sort of step back into the fold. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Connor. I think it's it's Grant Hanley's probably a key figure in terms of how we'll line up. Um, I do wonder whether maybe going for, with three at the back, three three centre backs in this game might might be the better option. Um, two reasons for that: I think if Grant Hanley is to come back into the team, it may be good to have Omabamadeli and Gibson alongside him in defence, just to to kind of that extra fitness that they've got above him. So he's got an extra centre back there to to support him. And also the fact that we haven't really recruited a defensive midfield to replace Skip as well. I wonder whether going with three centre-backs might might work in this first game. But I think we're going to see a very different team in the, these first couple of games to what will probably emerge and evolve over the season. Um, I'd like to think with the attacking signings we've made that we'll, we'll eventually go to a, a back four with the two midfielders and then three kind of um, more attacking midfielders supporting, supporting the lone striker. Um, I do wonder as well whether Pukki's going to start tomorrow. Um, it may be that um, either Adam Eder or, or perhaps even Josh Sargent might start. You know, he's already played a couple of games, I think, for Werder Bremen in the Bundesliga 2 this season. So perhaps perhaps Farker will go with one of those to start with Pukki being an option off the bench, considering he's he's barely had a pre-season. So I think it's the press conference will be really interesting today, Connor, um, for, you, for you guys to attend. Um, but I don't think Farker will give him too much away, but It'll be interesting to see how they line up tomorrow. I don't think we can really predict a team at the moment. Yeah, it's, there's always that, that nice moment at the start when he gets asked any team news. And if he comes back with, uh, <laughs> you, usually they'll either be a sigh and you think, right, here we go. Or yeah. it's, uh, it's usually a little smile and no, we're all good. And that's that's when I think you can uh, you can sort of breathe a little bit more, so to speak. Um, it, it's, it's interesting what you said there in terms of the formation, because I think since Fark has been at Norwich, really, we've seen... We know he's not particularly wedded to a particular system. He's, he's played a few. Do you get the sense that this season it's going to be about variety and, and fluidity and, and flexibility with Norwich City? And certainly the signings seem to suggest that, don't they? They don't necessarily seem to be maybe in the same direction that they were two years ago when it was going to be, OK, we've got promoted and now we're going to do exactly the same thing that we did in the Championship. It feels like it's maybe geared towards slight tactical tweaks here and there. Yeah, I think I think Farker's learned from last time in the Premier League where it was quite a rigid system that we had and we kind of we kind of go, went to attack teams didn't we and perhaps that was a little bit naive um I think that yeah I think we'll we'll adapt the system as we go through the season I think that probably last time in the Premier League there was a plan to maybe play three at the back in certain games but we had one centre-back all season you know I heard Dan Dan saying about Liverpool having no centre-backs last season it was the same for us last time in the Premier League I think we had two games where we had two fit centre-backs the whole season or something like that. It was, it was ridiculous. Um, so I think that, yeah, the, the system may be quite fluid this this season. I think against some of the top teams, we need to to realise that we need to be defensively sound in the first instance and, and try and nick a goal as opposed to kind of going up against them, so to speak, in, in attack, which last time, obviously, Dan mentioned that the Liverpool game on the first game of the season, we kind of went for it. Um, and we're falling down by half time. Um, but you know, we all like to see that attack in football from Norwich, but I think it'll be sensible for Farker to kind of adapt things depending on who we're playing this season a little bit. 
Yeah, you, you both referenced that game at Anfield. I've got vivid memories of kind of being stood in, in the away end at half time and kind of going, well, Norwich haven't actually played too badly. This is this is a little bit little bit strange that they're 4-0 down, but um, they won the second half, didn't they? Although I, th- I think that was the line that, that Daniel Farker came out with. Um, just just staying with you then, Paul, for a moment, just speaking about Andrew Omabamadele for, for a minute. Um, he is obviously, it's been a, a really rapid rise for him. Maybe not completely, well, some of it through accident, but he, he's certainly taken that opportunity. He's come back to Colney in a, in a good shape and certainly impressed Daniel Farker and his, his coaching staff. How big of an opportunity is this for him to lay down a marker? Still only, what, 19? Uh, I think he was only 19 last month, so still incredibly young. Um, kind of, uh, well, certainly the, the noises from the club is that he boasts a, biz, a better physical profile at, at this age than Ben Godfrey did when, when he was 19. There's, there's a lot of excitement around him. We kind of got a snippet against Newcastle maybe of, of some of the, the, the good sides, but also some of the inexperience at times. As well, we know Daniel Farker is willing to give young players a chance. I think anyone that's watched Norwich since he became sort of head coach will, will be able to tell you that. How big of an opportunity is is this going to be for him in the opening weeks of the season if he does get called upon? Yeah, I think it's a massive opportunity for him. I mean, as you say, Farker's not not shy to kind of pit these young players into the team and to, to give them opportunities. But he wouldn't give an opportunity if he wasn't good enough. Um, and I think those games at the back end of last season, which you know, we're part of a part of the title running. We still had to win games to to get promoted to 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 win the league, and he was a big part of that. You know, he stepped in when uh, Gibson was injured and and Zimmerman was injured as well, and I think he's pushed himself up in the pecking order, probably ahead of Zimmerman now. Um, and I think it's a great opportunity for him. Um, I think we need to not put too much pressure on him. He will make mistakes. He's a young defender, like you say, he's only nineteen. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great opportunity for him. He looks really good, sharp, quick. Um, good in the air, good in the tackle. Like you say, if you're going to make a comparison with Ben Godfrey, he had limited experience last time he came into the Premier League. Um, and look at what happened with him. He had, although he went down, he had a great season, got the move to Everton and is now being talked about as a £50 million player, England international, all that sort of thing. So, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for Omar Bamadeli, Andrew, as <laughs> so we might call him Andy sometimes, don't we? Um, yeah, great opportunity for him to, to really make his mark this season. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, Danny, there'll, there'll be plenty of people watching this, obviously the majority of which from a Norwich City persuasion, looking through the Liverpool starting lineup and going, uh, and probably there there may be predictions, maybe adding a few goals to their predictions as they get down the starting eleven. I think that's that's maybe fair to say. So it, it, if you're a, a Norwich City fan at the moment and you're looking ahead to tomorrow's game, what are the reasons from a Liverpool perspective to kind of be optimistic that Norwich can get a, get a result? I'm kind of asking you to look at the weaknesses of, of Liverpool if that kind of makes sense yeah um, well uh, one big miss for Liverpool is certainly going to be Andy Robertson he's out for a few weeks he's picked up an injury in pre-season which is unfortunate especially considering uh, we've, we've already talked about the um, sort of the level and, and the number of games that a lot of the first team players have had to sustain over the last few years Robertson pretty much top of the pile of the lot he, um, he's played so so many games over the last few years it's a wonder how he hasn't already pulled up with an injury um, and this one's an impact injury as well. It's not as though you know his, his muscles are giving up or anything like that. But um, so he will be missing for the game, um, which is is a blow for Liverpool. Um, that said, Kostas Shimikas, um, another Greek who starts with a TS, if that helps with the pronunciation. But um, um, he um, he's looked one of Liverpool's sharpest players in preseason. Um, him and Minamino between them, two players who people were sort of wondering whether or not they really had a future on the field. Um, I know it's only pre-season, but but they've uh, they've been two that have really really caught the eye. So Jimmy Castle will certainly be starting. 
Um, so maybe that's some way you could exploit um, the, the fact that we will have a key player missing in that defence. Um, as you say, Van Dijk and Gomez have appeared now in pre-season. Whether or not they're ready to start a game, I'm not sure. I think it's more likely to be Kanati and Matip starting as the central defensive pair, which obviously they've never played together before, so that could be a potential problem, potentially something that Norwich could exploit. They're, they're clearly not used to playing against one another. Um, and, and it will be Kanata's debut as well. Um, so maybe he won't be quite as used to the system um, because Klopp does really demand quite a lot of his centre-backs and, and that was kind of the the downfall last season, really, with the fact that F- Phillips and Williams, who came in and, and did a fine job considering the circumstances, but um, w- without wanting to be too harsh on them, they're both quite limited defenders. They're, you're not, they're not going to be you know, pinging 60-yard passes out to the wingers or dribbling 40 yards out of defence. It, it, it very much sort of, you know, to, with, without wanting to be too cliche, cliche they're very headed-kicking defenders, basically. Um, obviously, Matip and Konate are the opposite of that. They are both very good with the ball at their feet. They've both proven that. But um, as a new pairing, that could be something that Norris here could look to exploit. Interesting stuff. Um, Paul, I'm, I'm going to come to you first in terms of predictions and, and how you feel the, the, the game will go. Um, I, I, I'll try and give you a little bit of confidence um, before you, you kind of speak and, and just reference that that last Liverpool game at Carrow Road where I think it was 1-0, wasn't it, to Liverpool? They, they scored relatively late on. I remember Lucas Rupp having a wonderful chance in the first half, I think, that, that Alisson smothered. So maybe there, there are reasons within there to, to be um, optimistic, certainly from an Norwich perspective. And probably more so from a Liverpool perspective. But let's let's start with you, Paul. How, how do you kind of see this one going on Saturday? Like you said, the, the return of the fans is going to be the big thing. But looking to kind of on the pitch, how, how do you see Norwich City faring against Liverpool? Well, I really, I really dislike making predictions about Norwich. But, you know, you've called me onto the show to make a prediction. So I better, better go for it. Um, I actually tweeted the other day uh, to, to coin a phrase from our friend Chris Reeve, who runs Talk Norwich City. It reeks of Man City at home a couple of years ago, this game for me. And I, I actually think we're going to spring a surprise. Um, I think, it, obviously, like 99% of the time, 99% of people are going to predict Liverpool win. But I think we're going to, I think we're going to do something. Um, so I'm going to, Joel, I'm going to stick my head neck, neck out and go for a 2-1 Norwich win. Do you know what, Paul? I absolutely love that. The fact that you've, you've got, I, I tell you what, not, not very many Norwich fans that we had on here last season predicted Norwich wins. So that, that maybe is, uh, that gives you a decent gauge. And that was in a, a in a campaign where they got, what, 97 <laughs> points or whatever. So uh, it's glad to see we're kickstarting with a, with a bold Norwich City pre- uh, prediction. And who knows, that Carrow Road crowd could be a bigger element yeah. than, than maybe, we, maybe we've, we've spoken about. Um, Danny, I'll, I'll come f- to you from a Liverpool perspective then. You're, you're going to be missing the game, aren't you? But how, how do you kind of see this one panning out from a Liverpool perspective? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm moving house when the game's on, which is which is disappointing. But um, but yeah, uh, I mean, certainly having the Carrow Road crowd back for the first time in such a long time that that could certainly play a part. And I'm I'm certainly not going to suggest that it's going to be an easy game. Um, after all, as you say, we don't have Luis Suarez anymore to, to score his obligatory hat trick at Carrow Road. But um, <laughs> Um, but I, I would still be confident if Liverpool are at the races, Liverpool should have enough quality to to win the game. Um, but yeah, like like we said, even though Liverpool won won this this opening fixture two seasons ago at Anfield, Norwich City certainly played well and and um, scared us at some points, especially in that second half. So um, and of course, yeah, the Man City win, um, which was remarkable. I remember watching that. Um, I still think Liverpool will have enough. I'll, I'll go. I'll go for it. An absolute repeat of last time. I'll say four-one Liverpool win. 
Oh, lovely. So I actually think it'll be a, a lot tighter than, than maybe some people expect. I think I think you're probably I think you're probably right, Danny. I think Liverpool may nick it. I'm not going to give any score predictions, but I think it will be uh, relatively tight because of all the things we've spoken about. But I'm um, really glad to see you both back in your teams, which is uh, which is excellent. <laughs> uh, let let us know what you think down below in the comments in terms of score prediction. Let us know if you're going to Carroll Road as well and how excited you are to return or. Perhaps you're not one of the ones that feel ready to, to take that step yet. And again, let us know in the in the comments as well. It's, it's intriguing to get those perspectives. Of course, pinkin.com, the place to go. We'll be at Carrow Road on Saturday. All the uh, analysis and reaction, Daniel Farker quotes and all that good stuff will be on our website. Thank you to Danny and Paul for joining me. The first one of the season. I think we've kicked off with a good one. Thanks for watching. See you soon.